0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minutemen, standing at the ready to actually fight for what matters, to fight what we say we believe in and actually mean it. For that, we need truly independent conservative talk, not controlled opposition conservative talk. That's why. I, Daniel Horowitz, provide that service every day for you here at CR Podcast Blaze Media. You could follow me at RM Conservative all day on Twitter. Email me danielhorowitz at startmail.com. Folks, you know, I was struggling and I've been struggling the last couple of days to figure out the attitude of 99% of conservative talkers, noisemakers, influencers. And I want to spend just one more day primarily on this and then kind of hopefully move on because it is so instructive in understanding why we are where we are, why we've suffered from two generations worth of a fake GOP and how that could happen if you have so much so-called conservative infrastructure and media in place. And this is so instructive, but to understand the source of the problem, the source of the problem. And I finally realized it by watching their attitude, because I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, okay, maybe you disagree strategically with some of them. Maybe this is not your cup of tea. All right, so go on and talk about the things you typically would. But the Democrats, Trump, 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 whatever you typically talk about. But why the vitriol? I mean, man, these guys have found their, um, their testosterone. I've never seen anything like it before. I never see the passion for the January 6th prisoners for most of them. I never see the passion about those that were crushed from COVID fascism. I don't see the outrage. But boy, are they pissed at these Republicans for going after Kevin McCarthy. But, but then we're told, no, 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 they, they really don't like Kevin McCarthy. And they're really all theoretically for it. But, but, but just not what you're doing. Oh, okay. And, and I couldn't figure it out. Didn't make sense to me. I was like, wait a minute, for example, um, they were like, look, he gave all this to you, he was so nice. I'm thinking, what, that you read a bill before, germaneness, we should get that for free, why did we have to fight for that, and no thanks to you, if you had your way, we wouldn't have even been in this point of negotiation. So why are you almost acting like, Daniel, how dare you? You ask for too much. You're a small minority. Wait, I thought we all agree we're conservatives and they're not servicing us properly and shouldn't we? Like, they sound like they don't want it. That's too many seats. Well, right now we have the ability to get it because Kevin McCarthy's life is over by his own definition if he doesn't become a speaker. So he's willing to give everything. So let's wait a couple more hours and days and hash this out and do it right. But then I realized, no, they're on the side of Team GOP. And here is the difference we're going to flesh out today after our sponsor. They view themselves as brothers of the GOP. The GOP is their brother or friend. So you might disagree. You might prod them a little bit here and there. You might complain. But there's a limit to how far you'll go. At the end of the day, we're brothers. When they need to be treated as our slaves... They need to get on our plantation, not the other way around. That, my friends, is the dividing line between myself, Steve Dace, who's coming up uh, later on today to discuss this and more, and pretty much everyone else in the industry. And I have to say thank you to Glenn Beck for having me on to discuss this. Glenn has really, really been red-pilled lately, and and I really thank him for that opportunity. There are a few other people out there. But it's a very tiny minority, and it's kind of shocking. But really, this has been going on forever, as I explained. So we're going to give the long view um, before Steve comes on. And then when Steve comes on, as always, he's going to give you the deep view into what is going on. Um, but first, it seems so hopeless that there's so few people willing to do the right thing. What could you do to take your own life in your own hands? One of the things is to stop eating Chinese-made uh, hormone-injected garbage pro-inflammatory protein. Healthy protein is the most important thing. You go, you go through the vital products of life, and healthy protein is in the top three. But, you know, because of the stupid things like the farm bills that the GOP has passed, more than the Democrats, by the way, for years, you have this monopoly of the same cartel that runs medicine running food, so we have garbage choices for high prices. Moinkbox is one of the only opportunities to support American farming, independent small business farming, and healthy, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon delivered straight to your door every month. If you sign up today at moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash conservative, so it's a special URL right now, our listeners can get free filet mignon for a year best tasting filet mignon you'll ever taste together with the best tasting choices of assortments of meat and fish and chicken that you will purchase and you could select with each month folks stop allowing them to poison you stop supposing uh, supporting chinese pork production go to moinkbox.com conservative and get oinked like the rest of our audience so I want to preface this by going to a totally different story that is breaking at this hour. I just spoke to one of the attorneys on the January 6 cases and the other one's going to be on tomorrow on the anniversary of January 6. But there's big news out today and it really it underscores everything we're talking about with what's at stake with the House and what isn't, what we can and can, should be doing and shouldn't be doing, where our focus should be, and how we're always 10 years too late in our focus when it's the Fourth Reich, when they're murdering our family, we're worried about the robbers trampling on our garden or something like that. There's a number of these judges in the D.C. Federal District that have been overseeing the cases. And they're all a bunch of animals. They've thrown out due process every judicial norm. Every, you know, they'll allow the DOJ to amend their complaints, to amend everything when they make mistakes. Whereas the defense attorneys, they'll they'll enforce every deadline on them. Um, they'll literally just every last judicial norm. Like I will come, oh yeah, you've lost 80 pounds in jail, they're poisoning you. I don't care. what what, huh? Oh yeah, they uh the prison guards stole your stuff that you were preparing for your trial crazy crazy things but i've been told that all along there's been this one judge that kind of goes along with it but but then slowly they could tell he feels guilty and unease and at unease about this thomas hogan he's a reagan appointee 85 years old straight arrow okay so so you're not going to get a straighter arrow than this a couple weeks ago we announced that um uh, Ryan Nichols was finally released two years, two years pre-trial. Literally, even their own allegations—if you would even believe them—they're—they're they're such low level. It—it it would be unbelievable to hold someone for two years in—in—and and, and the beatings and it's just unbelievable what happened to him. This is literally, you know, Soviet gulag stuff. I mean, I don't even think Putin is doing this stuff. So. That judge who agreed to the motion to release him under surveillance while he so, – so he could prepare for his trial was Thomas Hogan. Thomas Hogan today, this morning, Thursday morning, called a press conference – not a press conference, I'm sorry, a conference call with the defense lawyers. and Maybe DOJ was on the line too. And I'm just going to read you – I don't want to misquote, so I'm just going to read you the tweet – I'm not going to try to paraphrase the conversation I had with the other lawyer, but the tweet from Brian, um, from 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 uh, Joseph McBride, who's the lawyer. The Honorable Thomas Hogan just informed us during a status conference for Ryan Nichols that he is retiring at 85. He also informed us that the Department of Justice said there are another 1,000 J6 cases forthcoming, and he has no interest in presiding over those cases for the next four to five years. That is a bombshell. Now, it's not that we didn't know it was coming. But here you have a judge saying, like, this is insane. I'm out. I'm retiring. And he oversaw this. Folks, here's the deal. Mitch McConnell gave up our leverage. That we, I was yelping about this all of 2022. I said, there's one thing that's going to matter in the House. You got to make sure the CR in September is kicked into the next year, February deadline, so we could hit the ground running. And you have a budget deadline looming over them to cut off funding for the FBI and maybe force a government shutdown, force a national brinkmanship over this persecution or, or similar things that we knew they were going to do. This is not... 1994. This is not 2006. This is not the 1970s. This is not, yeah, maybe we can do a little better on some programs and this and that. This is the freaking Fourth Reich. Lives are at stake. Basic life, liberty, property. The bare minimums that we never thought, that I never thought in my career I would have to confront. So our entire strategy of what we need to be doing and what matters and doesn't matter changes completely. It's this picture that the thumb suckers and toe dip dippers on conservative radio and Fox News just don't see and never will see. Oh, Daniel, well that was Kevin McCar that was Mitch McConnell. No, Kevin McCarthy supported this all year. It was only after it was essentially too late and he knew he had the speaker's fight on his hand, then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this." But you guys are my witness. See, all these Johnny-come-latelys, like we talked about yesterday, they were late on McConnell, late on Ukraine or never, late on COVID, late on primaries, if ever, late on everything, late on Boehner. So these same guys finally, oh, the omnibus was terrible. That, that's universal among the conservative chattering class. But when it actually mattered in the way it mattered, you guys followed me all year. And I said, look, Why is Kevin McCarthy not calling a press conference months before when they thought he would win a big majority, he had a lot of leverage, and say, Mitch McConnell, you cannot do this. Give me, I want it. See, they knew he didn't want the leverage because he doesn't want it. But if he actually said that sincerely in September, remember, we said at the time, September is it. Now, technically, you have a CR into, you know, pre-Christmas, December 16th. You could block it then, but it was never going to happen. Historically, you kick it before Christmas, the pressure with the Senate Republicans is too great, they do an omnibus. We had to kick the CR into January, February, in September, right, the fiscal year deadline was up September 30th, and we were talking about this a few months before. The Freedom Caucus, Chip Roy held a press conference not in the lame duck, I mean they did that too, but the operative point is in September, and he was not with them. I love how all these guys, like, you know, suddenly they're experts on on substance. They never focus on this substance like I do. It's Trump, 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 soap opera, you know, Biden, Biden, but the Democrats, whatever else is going on that day. Finally, when it's the 11th hour, they'll latch onto it. And then they, they understand all the nuances. Yeah, yeah, Daniel. McCarthy already gave them everything they wanted. Why are they still holding up? Why, 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 why? I need to know. I need to know. You never cared about it. Now, we'll see. It's very fluid. I'm not going to talk about it today because it's very fluid. We'll find out tomorrow what happens. You know, whether it's worth taking the deal, whether it's not, whether there's still five or six holdouts that maybe strategically they shouldn't be doing it. Maybe yeah, maybe no. We'll see. It's too hard to tell yet. But I just want to say a couple of things on that. Number one, let's keep in mind the only reason the second tranche was able to secure the deal is because for the first time ever, five were will- enough people were willing to lay down on the tracks. Without them, this never would have materialized. This was always the problem, I could tell you, as someone who was involved in all three Boehner fights, unlike any of these other people, the big problem was we never could get the critical mass immediately. Everyone was always, well, if you do it, if you do it, and then it never materialized. But this was the first time they were willing to take the slings and arrows. So you know what? They deserve that. And if they say they don't want McCarthy under any circumstance, I respect that. Now, strategically, here's the deal. There might be an argument you can make against them. But it's an argument only someone like me or Thomas Massey can make. Not these thumb-sucking losers. Meaning, the argument is almost reverse psychology that the gop is so bad the conference is so bad mccarthy is not an aberration but a reflection of all these people that it might be better a weakened mccarthy with these deals than you get whoever you're going to get is a guy that now you're going to own as kind of your choice but let's face it they're just going to be another one of these and then you don't have him as much you know weakened and as much of a leash on that might be again these are very temporary arguments and i'm not saying i i'm taking a side yet um, and even if I do take a side, and, and, and there are people that, like, Andy Biggs is, you know, absolutely no, I'll never vote for Andy Biggs is not the freaking problem, okay? You guys that have led to this situation are the problem. And, and one other thing, all these guys are like, okay, you know, you guys are moving the goalposts. Well, again, you have to understand the evolution of this. Yes and no, meaning these guys discuss this fight with a timeline beginning last week, because that's when they knew about it. But people like us, we knew the timeline from day one. And the timeline wasn't, they came to McCarthy, and McCarthy's like, whatever you want. No. For three months, he said, screw you, even on the most reasonable things. They lost every conference vote, every private conference vote, even earmarks. They lost at four to one nothing was changing everyone's like look at all these amazing concessions he's making so far okay well we're getting there we'll see but it's only because they forced the issue they took it to the next level normally it's like we should really be doing this maybe you do a show on it one day one of these conservative talk shows will finally get it and then you move on rally behind republicans and then also like warren davidson you know one of the freedom caucus members who's not supporting the rebellion so he um he spoke on the floor. He's like, look at everything McCarthy gave. And Lauren Boebert responded on the floor rightfully like, wait a minute. Why, why do we look like a bunch of greedy beggars when you're all, you all sound like these are great things? So why should we, why did we need to beat it out of you? You should be thanking us then rather than treating us like pariahs. And if not for us, he would have been caught continuing the same failed GOP leadership that got us to where we are. So yeah, we can wait an extra couple days and make sure we iron this out properly. And frankly, the only reason why we're in this, that it's still like a battle. Some want to get rid of McCarthy regardless of the concessions versus McCarthy doesn't want to leave. If all these talk show hosts, rather than dumping on them, would dump on McCarthy, he'd be gone. I could tell you whether they really have the power they do, they have that perceived power. A lot of McCarthy's lieutenants were like, one of them from Pennsylvania said, wait till you know, Hannity and Shapiro and Tucker get a hold of them. Now, it turns out they're wrong. Tucker sided with us, but the other two, you know, yeah. But it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The point is this is revealing. We now understand that the reason we are where we are for this long is because they view them as brothers. See, here's the thing. We move the goalposts because... He didn't, if he would have accepted it then, then fine, but he didn't. And then two things happened. Number one, he basically lost the election. They have a narrow majority. And number two, we got screwed even worse in the lame duck. So now the surgery requires more. And now we succeeded beyond the wildest dreams. We have a situation that we've never had in history. Normally, anyone else would have resigned or wouldn't give in to any concessions. This man wants to be a speaker so badly. So we're like, wait a minute. For the first time, we're not at their mercy begging them, please, please do what the party platform says. Please don't work with the Democrats. Please listen to us. Please care about the people. No, this time they're at our mercy. So you know what? Yeah, we're going to do a ground and pound. See, let's say you have a friendly fight as a brother or friend. You're like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. You made your point. You guys might have heard that a lot. You made your point. Now it's time to move on. I'm like, that's not, the language these guys are using is not the language of those that are like really with us, but have some sh- strategic questions. No, that sounds like you're not with us. And the reason they're not is because they view the Republican Party as their friend, their brother, their home not as their slave we view it no now that we finally gained the upper hand yeah you know we would have gotten those concessions before but you blew us off but now we have the leverage we have a narrow majority we're gonna get as much as we can what's wrong with that like they're literally saying how dare you guys are just 30 members and you sit and you want freedom caucus guys on these committee how dare you what do you mean how dare us if you really agree with us that this is our party, I don't think it's our party. I don't want it. But but these guys do. So then, yeah, you should be like... In other words, it's almost like if McCarthy offered every single, I don't know, seat on Appropriations Committee of the Freedom Caucus, it's almost like these guys would oppose it. No, it's not nice. It's not nice to the rhinos. Like, no, I would take all of it. That's the thing. They treat them like brothers. Not like slaves. This is the middle ground I talked about last year between officially starting a new party immediately versus creating an inflection point. Not to obfuscate the divide, which is what conservative talk radio always does. Let's rally around. No, accentuate the divide to create a turning point where either it forces a new party, it forces them out, forces us out, or or it forces change, enough that's worthwhile. And again, this alone is not going to do it. But this is the blueprint for all the state legislatures. And boy, do I have a lot of news on that. We're losing in a bunch of states too, where there's no threat of the Democrats. But now I understand why we are where we are. These 20 guys are showing it. We could have asserted ourselves for years and we never did it. Because it was a game. It was a game. And Steve has some great insights into this game. Between conservative radio, conservative influencers, and the Republican Party. It's a game. It's a game of access. We're bros. No, we're not bros. This is not the type of thing where we make up in the end. They hate us. I hate them. You look at the top committee chairman, Tom Cole, Kay Granger, Simpson, people like that. They literally, this is, this is the point. You literally have them rounding up people. Now people weren't even at the Capitol they're going after. And Tom Cole, who's going to be the rules committee chair, if we don't change that, he says the FBI needs more funding. He's the one who votes everything out to the floor. Daniel, how dare you? Win more elections. You're a minority. You can't just demand seniority. Tom Cole has to say This is what allegedly conservatives who complain about rhinos are saying this. Like, well, no. You're right. Tom Cole might have more seniority than Chip Roy, but Tom Cole's a bastard. He's a communist. He's a dog. He's a maggot. Okay? He's the worst of the worst. So that disqualifies him. What, he has seniority? Since when do we believe in that? They don't believe in themselves, these people they treat the republicans like their brothers and their friends we need to treat them like our slaves now there's room you could say strategically when you get the most out of it and what play to make and there's room for disagreement but but from the attitude of what they're saying that's not where they're coming from people who worked on this diligently from day 1 until now could say hey i think strategically now it's time to say all right we'll vote for you take a deal we'll see what the deal is it's very fluid now maybe we'll know more by tomorrow, But before we bring on Steve, I want, to, I want to go back in time. It's much broader than even a six-month timeline. It really dates back to after Reagan, the Bush era, Perot in 92, 94 revolution. A little nostalgia for a lot of us. I want to get back to some of that. But first, our sponsor today, thanks to the failed Republican leadership. We've gone from 4 trillion in debt when they first took over the house in 94 to 31 trillion. The Republicans supported the biggest things all these people. It's the things that mattered. It's not just that they didn't roll back spending. If if Republicans only would have kept the status quo, we would have been better off. Every time you had these inflection points and that's what they do, the bank bailouts, okay? COVID, They support the worst things that blow out even the worst things that the previous Democrat did. Anyway, back to the ad. That's why you need to invest in gold with Birch Gold. Okay, more than ever, we are not fixing this. That's very clear. This month, you'll get a free gold back for every $5,000 purchased when you convert an existing IRA or 401k into precious metals IRA with Birch Gold. Birch gold will help you own your gold and silver in a tax sheltered account. How do you do this? Text Daniel to nine eight nine eight nine eight to claim your. <coughs> I'm sorry, your free info kit on gold. Then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. If this is complex, you don't understand how to, you know, convert your IRA, um, and you get more than five thousand dollars when you do your taxes. It's oh, I think the limit is over six thousand, and you can do both yourself and your spouse. Plus, with every purchase you make, again, you get this free gold bat. A very cool gift or something to have. Text Daniel to 989898 to protect your savings because Republicans will not. So, folks, I was thinking back. This surgery, how do you go for three decades since Reagan when we had a Republican Party that didn't even pretend to represent us? And this is what you're seeing now is why. It's not that we don't have options. This is what I'm trying to tell you. If I'm the only one doing it, we don't have options. But if everyone who claims to be upset would, would have been along all these years with all the primary challenges I did, all the policy fights, the budget fights, the policy demands, the focus on state legislatures, the focus on governors, we would have, this wouldn't have gotten off the ground. But they didn't. It was a fake fight. It's access. It's grifting. It depends on the person, lack of values, lack of intellect, doesn't care, faxes it in, three-hour show I put on, so I'll just fax it in, read the news, and I think I know everything going on, doesn't work the issue, and that's what we've had, and we've never done the surgery. People were ready for this in 1992 already. People forget Ross Perot, before he kind of acted a little goofy, I mean, he's a great man. Yeah, he, he had a goofy side to him. He accused Bush of sabotaging his daughter's wedding. He dropped out. Before he did that and dropped that, he was leading the two major candidates. People were ready for that. And then he had the '94 revolution. And I talk about that because Newt Gingrich is out there bashing everyone. But Newt himself should realize. Since 1995, this is what I said on Glenn Beck show, name me one policy trend, cultural, fiscal, dependency, size of government, tyranny of government, that has moved in a positive trajectory. None. After the six months of magic, we lost it, never gained it back, and it was downhill from there with the bushes. And we never, we promised we'd do surgery. But what was the common denominator in each one of these movements? It was always Republicans. The Tea Party was just electing more Republicans. That's what it was. The Republicans are our friend, not viewing it like the way these 20 people are doing. They're treating the Republican Party like the enemy. It doesn't It doesn't mean you start a new party that doesn't exist. You could be elected as a Republican, but if you really believe in what you do, yes, we're going to hostage take. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. Like, I I don't understand. They hostage us for tyranny. So we shouldn't use hostage tactics for liberty? I I, I don't get it, like, why we need to be ashamed of this. We're ashamed. How dare you asking McCarthy? McCarthy owns the house. McCarthy's entitled to it. He's nice to say, yes, we won't waive the rules on reading the bill less than 72 hours. I mean, all 435 members should support that. What the hell? But that's the thing. There's a certain tone that you negotiate with a brother. And now I understand these talk show hosts. The Republicans are their bros. That's the dividing line. They're not mine. At best, they're a reluctant slave until I find a new one. We need to negotiate hard. Look at what's going on to us. They don't learn anything new. So... This is the point. We never learn our lesson. They say we need to be incremental. That was brought up yesterday. I would take incrementalism. Frankly, my policy ideas are quintessential incrementalism, to be honest. okay. There's nothing we have that will really, you know, how do you come 40 years later into this? But, but it's incremental is what I'm pushing. Their stuff is, incre- to the extent it's incrementalism, it's incrementalism backwards. It's usually giant leaps backwards. There's nothing incremental about what we've done. They have these illusory short-term snapshots, but if you look in the long run, we go backwards. And the Republican Party is designed to do exactly that. They're exactly like the Pfizer shots initially. It gave this illusory temporary partial... Uh, effectiveness for a few weeks against the original strain that in itself created suboptimal antibodies that in itself became negative efficacy. That is your GOP. That's the thing. By the way, it's interesting. They accuse us of enabling the Democrats, but um, Democrat Representative Roe Kahana from California is like a leadership guy there. He told Fox News... Quote, I would consider the right Republican someone I could trust, Brian Fitzpatrick, Mike Gallagher, who actually spoke eloquently on the floor, David Joyce, but there needs to be two conditions. He made two conditions. So he actually said he would agree to certain Republicans as speaker. Now, think about this. Mike Gallagher is the guy that's slated to chair the China Select Committee on, like, going after China. And he's being heralded as a hero. He's like Hugh Hewitt's buddy. He's God. Mike Gallagher. Now, he just voted to redefine marriage, by the way, Mike Gallagher. Like, do you really think this guy is going to be even a speed bump to China and any of these guys and an the, and the admin when a guy like Rokahana says he can accept him? It's a joke. It's all a joke. But anyway, I want to bring on our special guest today. Now, our friend and colleague, partner, Steve Dace, doesn't really need any introduction to this audience. Um, but we're going to flip the script to st- today because Steve is off the air, and what a week to be off um, with everything going on. So you guys probably want to hear his take on this and so much more. But I just want to preface this with Steve on the line here. You know, when we're giving this long look, you can't look at anything in a vacuum in politics. It's like looking at Ukraine beginning in 2022, ignoring 2014. Oh, why are you so agitated? Why are you demanding so much? Why, you know, this is good. Let's just let the show go on the road. Let me show you how long we've known this fraud and never did anything about it. Well, when you think of conservative radio and influencers, well, you know, you can't move an inch without thinking of Rush Limbaugh. I was thinking today... November 2006, the day after they lost the midterm elections and Nancy Pelosi initially got control of the House. And that was, you know, Democrats had it for 40 years. Republicans got got it in the 94 revolution. And they maintained it for a good 12 years. And they lost it. It was a scary time. And Rush Limbaugh got on the show, and I remember it live. Um, Remember it like it was yesterday, and I can't believe it. This is 16 freaking years ago. The way I feel is this. I feel liberated, and I'm going to tell you as plainly as I can why. I no longer am going to have to carry the water for people who I don't think deserve having their water carried. Now, you might say, well, why have you been doing it? Because the stakes are high, even though the Republican Party let us down. To me, they represent a far better future for my beliefs and therefore the countries than the Democrat Party does liberalism. And, and look, we all like Rush. We all have nostalgia about it. But let's face it. In, in the latter part of his statement, he sowed the disillusion of his great revelation that he could have done a lot with. And it was like, I'm not going to carry water. And they often say that when they reach a breaking point until the next day when they go back to, oh, let's, let's rally. We got to defeat the Democrats. And I've been struggling to articulate to you guys And I've been finding different clever ways, different analogies, different policy strategic ideas to show that, well, there's kind of a middle ground. Yes, we do need a new party. But if it's not feasible, you could treat them like freaking slaves. And the 20 people in the house are showing how it's done in real life, not just like moral victories, but you could strategically do this. As we're talking, I don't have time to get to this but the democrat but the rhino's just did this in ohio they just destroyed a supermajority in the house and montana they got their first supermajority trifecta ever and there's news that they're working out some sort of sharing agreement L- literally, literally there's like three democrats left they're sharing power with them okay they're the ones doing this it's because we don't focus on it oh montana we have that locked up already we have republicans done nothing to look at uh biden biden what the hell if you would only focus on what matters and hold them accountable and say you're the enemy, you would get stuff done. If it's all lost, I, I, I could be at peace with that. I get it. I understand it. I could be at peace with it. But what the reason why I can't sleep is because I don't think it has to be this way. And I've always felt that way. And they're showing it. If you only would have... Since 2006, if Rush would have followed his adage and other people would have followed in his shoes. Think about that Pelosi Congress. You, do, you, do you know that they won the majority on the backs of people like Heath Schuler in Western North Carolina? I think that's Mark Meadows' old district. People that are more conservative culturally than any Republican now. Okay, and that was like the Pelosi Congress. I would die to go back to that level of discord, licentiousness, and profligacy in this country. And yet it was downhill, downhill, downhill. Even though Republicans controlled the House for more than that time. And then obviously you had the Trump era where, you know, Rush, I mean, there was no way he was never going to carry water. Look, when you're accorded that honor at the State of the Union address, I get it. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to say, look, you know, Trump, you're not doing enough. Um, although I will say Trump, uh, um, Rush in his final weeks if you listened you can tell he said this is 1776 level you could tell he realized what we're doing is not working and you know this is this is something much greater but my point is how have we gone on for this long with such failure with such conservative infrastructure and why is that going to continue that's what i gotta say but i want you guys to hear from steve himself hey steve Thanks for taking time out from your vacation and joining us today.
0: You bet, brother. Happy New Year to you and your audience. And I mean, I can just go right into it if you want, unless you have a question you wanted to ask as a setup first.
1: I want to set it up first. Um, and, and here's why. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was not focused on McCarthy originally because we never thought we'd be able to get him out because he'd win this great victory. He, when they, when, when, uh, there were about two weeks there in November where our colleagues were in a state of mourning. Not because of the gay marriage, not because of the omnibus until we made it cool to be in a state of mourning for it after it no longer mattered, not because of the thousand more prosecutions announced for January 6th, not because of anything to do with COVID, because that doesn't exist anymore, but because ours next to their name didn't deliver enough goods, didn't win enough seats against D's. That's what they gave. So I was like, awesome. We latched onto the one thing that will finally spawn a fight and people will call for McCarthy's head. And it kind of looked like that. And then I was wrong. It never materialized. Even after all these guys did the hard work for them and did it. And now they're viciously attacking them. And and, and Steve, I don't mean just kind of like the usual suspects. This runs really deep. Could you explain this for me? Before we formed CRTV and then merged
0: with The Blaze, pardon me, I was with Salem Radio Network. And I was there with uh, Dennis Prager and Michael Medved. Larry Elder had just come in to replace Bill Bennett, who retired. Uh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, We were the, we were the, Hugh Hewitt. We were the Salem lineup. I was the final show. When um, they brought us all out in January of my first year there, They brought us out to a five star hotel on the beach in Santa Monica to meet all of the um, uh, division heads, all the general managers of the stations across the country. Um, And at least that's what I thought. That was most of the event, Daniel. The very first thing they had us do, though, is they they brought us into a room at this to a ballroom at this hotel. And and get debriefed by Sean Spicer, who was then the Grover Dill of Reince, Reince Priebus' RNC, uh, to be debriefed by Sean Spicer on how to basically shill for the Republican Party. I got up and walked out. And then they wanted to assign us to, for assign us to each have, uh, or for us to join weekly conference calls with Kevin McCarthy. I think he was minority whip then, or majority whip then, or something like that. Okay, yep. but majority we were to we were, we were to do weekly conference calls with Kevin McCarthy to get basically downloaded talking points to relay to the audience. Can you guess, Daniel, how many of those mandatory conference calls with Kevin McCarthy I attended? Can you guess?
1: Um, Steve, I couldn't picture you in an audience listening to that.
0: Zero. You're exactly correct. Zero is the answer. I did send my assistant, Todd. I put him on the first one. Just in case we're getting like, you know, behind the scenes breaking news that my audience should have, or maybe I should have to form a more educated opinion. Just in case I was wrong and my instincts weren't right about what it was, I had Todd do the first one. He came back and reported to me, yeah, it's just a suck session. There's no point to it. So I never did any of them. Now, <laughs> I bring those instances up and I've talked about them on my own show before because they illustrate that I have experience with things that I, I don't, I'm not just sitting here in Iowa in my man cave, just lobbing grenades. I, I mean, I do do that. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I, I have personal experience with the, with many of the things that I pontificate on having worked in this industry because it's not a movement. It is an industry having worked <laughs> in this industry from school board elections in Des Moines, Iowa to strategist on you know, presidential campaigns for Ted Cruz, I've seen, and I've, I've seen it. I've seen a few things, man, as the song goes, I've seen a few things. And here's the main thing that I have seen more than anything else. The Republican, there are two things here that are at play. The Republic, yes, the Republican party is controlled opposition, but more so it is a, it is a, it is, it is an incumbent protection racket and it is, and it's, it's entire strategy is devised around never letting its base know what the people they voted for really believe. Mm. This is true at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level. You never know. And so all the same things are said about all the same people. Mitt Romney, John McCain, Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, George W. Bush. They're all saving America. They're all pro-life. They're all immigration hawks. They all hate crime. They're all the same. All the talking points are the same. Never change because it's devised for you to never know who it is you're really voting for. That's number one, to keep you in the dark, to keep you ignorant. And so that's, and that feeds into number two. This is this, this system that we're a part in, it's not a movement. Maybe, maybe it was in 1975 at the first CPAC, when Ronald Reagan gave his famous past, you know, pastels, or bold colors, not pastel speech. Maybe it was. Maybe it was when Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. OK, and maybe MAGA was a movement for five minutes when Trump started chanting, drain the swamp, lock her up and build a wall. Maybe. Maybe there's been flashes of it. The Tea Party was a movement for about six months. And then the grift began. All right. Because in the end, the dog returns to its own vomit. <laughs> and I know you get that
1: reference, which is the GOP.
0: Yeah. And yes. And what is the vomit? This is an industry that is that is an access based industry. Mm. It is not a political organism. All right. And that's why our people falsely believe that this is about compromise, cutting deals, um, you, have, you know, having a seat at the table. How many deals has the other side cut? How many grand bargains has the other side cut? How many how many times? How many how many dinos do you know? When was the last time you went to you went to LPAC? <laughs> you know, to, to hear the true heart and soul of the Democratic Party. None of these things exist because they're an actual political party. They are a vehicle for the principles of the people they represent, period. And that's what they advance. And that's what they do. And know, they Steve, understand
1: that- I I Steve, on that point, I marvel at... Um- Kirsten Cinema. So you would say that's the weakest link, right, of of the Demo- right. Democrat She's party? She's
0: chairing committees, man. She's she, presiding over the Senate. She, she was like president <laughs> pro temp or something. Yesterday no, but worse Senate. than they that.
1: Defended. Not yeah. only is she not like a conduit to uh, you know for us to undermine them, it's the opposite. She's being used to negotiate with Tom Tillis to get amnesty. Like their weakest link is stronger than our strongest link. Yes, I mean, go look at the you
0: know go look at the Liberty scores of Democrats in red states and see how how terrible they are. And then go look at the the liberty scores of Republicans in red states and see how terrible they are. Okay. I, I mean, name one good politician South Carolina sent to Washington. I'll wait. That's the, that's one of the reddest states in the union. Utah is the most Republican state in the union. It's governor is a pedo groomer simp and it's Senators Mitt Romney, and you only got Mike Lee because they did did that via nominating convention. He could have never won a statewide election in a primary in that state. All right, that's the most Republican state in the friggin' union. The reality is, this is is high school, it is a clique. It's about access, it's about who sits at the cool kids' table. Fox News is the cool kids' table. (laughs) And then it's about who gets the big guests. And who gets who gets access and who gets the best banquets and who's got the for goodness sakes, the first effing debate we had in the Trump administration be, right before they actually were going to follow through on his immigration stuff, which at the time stunned you and me before they actually did that. The first debate was whether he had more people at his den- inaugural than Obama did. And Sean Spicer was literally counting heads of AP file photos in the White House press briefing room. All right. That's what this is. It is not, it is an access-based click. It's an industry. It's the Peter principle. It's not what you know, but who you know. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. Wow. Or at least it's been my entire time here. The other side is an actual political party. It has, it's, they're terrible to each other. They argue with each other. They're they call each other names. But when the time comes, it is an argument about who's gonna best and most effectively and aggressively pursue yeah. their agenda. All right? We don't have that. We don't have iron sharpens iron. We are trying to dull our iron all the time. We're trying to hold our base back all the time. The reality is this is all we did was make a lot of people a crap ton of money. All we did is build people millions, millions of, of listeners, podcast downloads and, and automatic New York Times bestsellers writing the same stuff. they You know, we mock. We mock the black Democrat grift. You guys are still saying the same crap that you were saying in the 70s, like nothing's changed. We've got guys we freaking work with that are writing the same books they could have written in 1988. Nothing's changed. (laughs) Just re-racking the same talking points to the same people, cashing the same checks. And what's beautiful about this scenario, what's beautiful about it, is every fig leaf is getting ripped off. Every shibboleth of the dam is getting smashed. Every tourniquet bandaid is being ripped off and exposed and there's nowhere to hide. The, 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 The emperor has no clothes. When you look between his legs, there's no there there. And there never was. This thing has been a house of cards, joke, facade, cool kids, high school, mean girls click for freaking <laughs> decades. And 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 the only thing that makes it better that I get to watch this finally go down is one of my best friends is the instigator of it in congressmanship, Roy, which just gives me even more personal satisfaction.
1: You know, it it was you and I were saying uh, he shouldn't run for Congress on a personal level, but I think, you know, we we do regret that, and he was right and, and did it for the right reasons, but what bothers me is this could be done on so many levels, so like I look across the landscape now. I said, Ohio, they have a si- Imagine if you had one day you wake up and there's a 67-33 majority in, in the Senate, right? That's what they have in the, in the Ohio House. They just uh, worked with the Democrats to elect the Rhino. They're trying to do that in Montana now um, with, with this shared agreement. Um, uh, there's a great article out today on South Dakota on how the biggest – employer of the state, which is the healthcare cartel, is promoting transgenderism, which is also what promoted the private sector mandates that Christy Nome not only didn't mm-hmm. want to touch, but primaried any legislator who would touch it. It's every single one. I was speaking with Chris McDaniel last night in Mississippi, um, no, some nostalgia about, you know, because all these people are like, you're McConnell's the problem. Yeah, none of you stood with me when we went after him and his lieutenants, and we were this close to doing it. And he's like, Mississippi is a disaster. That's the guy that they smeared as a racist so that the dementia patient, yeah. Dad
0: Cochran, could get to, could retain that seat. Right? The if same right.
1: Mean Girls comments now on this. They were doing it back then, but now they're like, yeah, McConnell, the Senate Republicans are the problem. <laughs> yeah, they're the problem because of you um, all these years. And, and he's like, the Mississippi state government is a toilet. It's like there's three conservatives in the chamber. I mean, this is the problem. And like you said, I'm seeing it in the states. They say, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-gun, and I'm for lower taxes. They all get in there. No one knows the difference. No one focuses on it. And the racket goes on. And nobody is, is even trying to ascertain, how do we upend that? And, and I, I've put there's, out there's, there's pen no to movement. paper. There's no movement. There's no what movement. there
0: is, there is a revolving door of tribal chieftains. And <laughs> each of them comes with their own pack of simps, their own pack of proxies. Right. And so, you know, Trump modeled himself as a populist, which you've seen in the last year or two has been um, endorsing a bevy of rhinos like Kevin McCarthy, the guy who said Trump's to blame for January 6th. We should take that. We should. He wanted big tech to take the Twitter accounts away of Trump's own supporters. Okay, Um, you're too pro-life. You cost us the election and take my poisonous jab. That's the greatest thing of all time. And and and, and Oz is the only one that can win. OK, this th- this is always what happens is in the end. That's why I almost always I don't know Ron DeSantis at all. You do. All right. I met him in a closet at CPAC 10 years ago because you introduced me over an email when he was still in Congress. I don't know him personally. Don't know anything about him. Why have I glommed on to him? The same reason why years ago before I met Ted Cruz, I glommed on to him because I know these guys all have a shelf life. All of them do. And so I try to find what's the new thing that actually believes something before they get institutionalized. <laughs> OK, that's why that's 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 why I liked Huckabee at 08, didn't like him in 12. All right. I'm always that's why I liked the new I liked Newt Gingrich when he was nothing, when he was broken, when the system threw him out, when he was pissed off. Not the Newt Gingrich, who's now claiming yesterday on Fox. Well, these guys just that are fighting this like chip, this is just a desire for publicity. Hey, Newt. When you got rid of Bob Michael and sabotaged the Republican Congress in 1991, divided the party so badly, Ross Perot ran for president, and George H.W. Bush w- lost to Bill Clinton. And you—and by the way, that principally was the right fight, Newt. They'd be betrayed as no new taxes pledge. That was the worst tax deal in American history at the time. But were you just doing it as a desire for publicity too? pot, meat, kettle, all right? You, died, you, you know, one of the greatest movie lines of all time, brother you either live long enough to see you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become yes. the villain and so so trump grabbed the surfboard and rode the populist wave in 2016 when i was on the cruise campaign the reason there were two reasons we could never beat him one is he's willing to take any position which is like nailing jello to a door but the other was he was a genuine champion of the people he genuinely championed their message and that was yeah. hard once he once he cemented that relationship we could never sever that bond Trump is out there severing that bond himself now because now now it's, 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 it's animal farm now. Well, they look for, it was originally, Trump was originally four legs good, two legs bad, brother. And now Trump is like, four legs are good, but you know, two legs are even better. I'm the tribal chieftain now. Uh, it, the only difference between Kevin McCarthy and, and Mitch McConnell is McConnell got even richer grifting the system because he's been at it longer and, and he wasn't willing to go and, grob, and, and uh, grovel to Trump at Mar-a-Lago like McCarthy was. And that's it. That's why Trump's closest. Dude, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates in a civil war with each other right now. <laughs> All right. Marjorie Taylor Greene's out there claiming, if you, don't, if, if you didn't support, they stripped me of my committees. You're not a real conservative. Matt Gates, who, by the way, does have some great one-liners. I got to give the guy credit for that. Gates is out there now talking about, I'll never vote for McCarthy. These are, po- these are two of Trump's lieutenants. Why does Trump's inner circle have this wide swath of ideological beliefs because it's just simply about who pledges loyalty to Trump. It doesn't care what you believe, all right? Because he's the tribal chieftain now. There's no agenda now. The agenda is Trump, by my trading cards, all right? I'm, I'm I'm gonna endorse, when I do endorse good candidates, I'll give them no resources or money they could actually win with. I'm in charge now. You can tell Harmeet Dillon has no chance to beat Ronna because if she did, Trump would have endorsed her. And that's why he wanted, <laughs> that, that, that's what this is all about. it's it's now it's now my turn always love winners my my faction will run this carcass now what we need to do is take this carcass and throw it into the fires of Mount Doom what we need is to is is, is we need to set an example politics is about leverage not about access and Mm. leverage requires confrontation and you need to make an example so people know not to bleep with you that you mean business that's yeah. I never thought they'd get they follow through that's why we when when chip was texting us the last few weeks I didn't even respond or get involved because I've done this dance many years before chip and this group tried yeah. it and remember remember how we were going to throw out Boehner remember that
1: and like and, three and, of and guys- I want to say I just want to say this uh Steve I'm I don't want to mention names but some of you guys are emailing me about specific individuals. I will tell you, most of them not joining it are not for good reasons, but there are, you know, there are people who come to mind that were just like, dude, I've led this before. I don't trust these guys. It always yeah. folds. So I think some some of them did not see this coming. No, I thought th- I w- I'm stunned that, they, that it's gone this far. Cause, dude, do you
0: remember we were getting rid of Boehner that we had enough people that signed the pledge when they got elected? They, they wouldn't vote for Boehner for speaker and then betrayed us on the very first vote they took in Congress. Two of them texted me on
1: the floor during one of those roll calls. Yes, yes. You know, and they're like, look, there's nothing I can do. What am I supposed to do?
0: Yes. So forgive us. You and I have seen this before. We've danced the time warp before. And frankly, we did a hell of a job. People like you, me, and and this this ragtag group of resistors around the country beating the hell out of COVID stand for the last two years without any GOP support, except from a few governors, that I wasn't going to waste my time with it. I'm on Dan Bongino's show. First ge- I'm his first guest of the year on, on, uh, on Tuesday. And <clears throat> when, when this thing, or Wednesday, yeah, Tuesday, when this thing first began, and I'm listening to him tell me live, breaking news what's going on, that he doesn't have the votes. And, he, and Dan asked me my response. And I'm like, I'm freaking stunned. I feel like Hawkeye in Infinity War when Black Widow shows up. To say, hey, we think we have a way to go back. Yep. And he's like, don't give me hope. Yeah, I, I just, I'm stunned. I'm stunned they held together. I'm stunned. Because I, I, we've tried this. People like you and me have tried this all over the country, our entire careers, and could never get our people, or at least the ones never claiming to be, to do it and hang in. And Take so yes I'm for freaking an answer. fired up
1: now. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up. They accuse my biggest accusation or uh, lodged against me is always I'm a purist. So, but the thing is, no, people who know me, I'm a, I'm a pragma- pragmatist in many ways in the sense that, look, I could pick apart, well, I don't like everything about this guy and his personal life or things he said or things he's done or I wish they could be more articulate. I wish they could sound more like Steve. I wish they could sound more like Chip. I wish they could do that. But this is the freaking army you have No one else has done this. Take yes for an answer. We're taking yes for an answer. These people say they want it. They always want it. So they're doing it for you. And here's the sick irony. If all these guys would just pile on, it would punch it through. McCarthy would be gone. You had this Raffles Burger, whatever, this rhino from Pennsylvania said, wait until Shapiro and... Tucker and that. Hannity. He actually thought Tucker was going to condemn this. I yeah. just goes
0: he, to show you how, how to touch these people. He are. was
1: wrong yes. about Tucker. But my point is that they're counting on that. They, they they do worry about what these guys say. If they would be saying the opposite, it would be self-fulfilling. You wouldn't even have the chaos. It would be resolved. You'd get what you want. Or is that what you want? But what you're saying is they have their access. They don't have access with uh, Andy Biggs and, you know, Don yes. Bishop and whatever. Correct. So they don't want that, and uh, they don't want to lose this. So, Steve, I-, I want to wrap this up to the final question, and it's an uncomfortable question I can't get beyond. I think the sky is the limit to what we can do. I think, even though on a scale of a typical talk show host, I am more pessimistic on the American people, but nonetheless, because of the radicalism, because of the problems in the country, I do think there are large swaths of the country where there is... Tons of things we could accomplish. And I think even some of the ones that are good don't even realize, because they're so used to kind of lowering their expectations. I think we could legislatively do tons of things. But here's the problem. Here's the problem we face. It, we have this logjam that we can never get beyond since Rush Limbaugh in 2006. And, it, and we haven't gained one inch of ground despite everything they've done to us in the sense that At the end of the day, the but the Democrats argument. Now, in this case, it's a lie. They had to manufacture it because it actually for once didn't exist. So all the Democrats might get the speakership. But the problem we have is you can vote for gay marriage. You can vote for the omnibus. It doesn't matter. They know and they're not wrong. The GOP base has been groomed by all these people. This is their kryptonite. The more the more the Republicans betray us, the more the Dems have a free runway to do what they're doing, the more disquiet there is in the country, the more our people fear the prospect of Democrats, the more it ironically and counterintuitively resonates with them to say, vote for the Republican at all costs. We, if, if we would shoot the hostage, we would totally own them. And in the long run, we would fix this. How do we ever get there? You're saying the same thing I just said about about
0: tagging McCarthy. <clears throat> there must be scalps. You must be feared. This is not a, a pursuit of relationships. Um, that, that's good for your ambitions on a personal level. I like money. I know you do. I don't you know live by it, but I certainly don't refuse it when it's offered for a, a, an honest day's work. Um, we live in a capitalistic society. You know, I, I'm about to release a movie next year. I hope it is successful. Yep, I, didn't, yep. I didn't spend millions of dollars making it, hoping it would fail, but the reality is if if it's ambition for ambition's sake if yes. it is for no other 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 purpose other than um well what you just said you know it's it's will the president one day stand up and acknowledge me at a state of the union address and that's great but if the legacy you leave behind is you lost on every meaningful principle <laughs> you ever actually believed in, then what was the point? And I, I, and I just think that the reality is there are too many people in this business that are motivated by things other than what they claim to be motivated by to their audiences. What we have right now is a small group of resistors calling the bluff, calling the bluff. Yep, and, and they,
1: Steve, they isn't it scalp. interesting transitioning need... to the last thing I want to get to the to the rise of the Fourth Reich and COVID-Stan, isn't it interesting how on the seminal issue of American history, of civilization, it, not by and large, but almost exclusively, was not the, if you would make a list of the top 50 conservative influencers that most people would have on their list, it wasn't any of them who really made a difference. It was a crop of new people that uh-huh. you and I became friends with, some uh-huh. were all, you know, personally conservative, they weren't known, some were personally liberal, some were whatever, apolitical. Isn't it interesting that it took a new movement? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I come from a tradition where the guy at the center of it once said, you can't pour new wine in old wine skins. Okay? So, th- th- you, you know, it's, it's the letters that Jefferson and Adams wrote to each other at the end of their lives. And in one of them, Jefferson asks Adams, has a nation that has ever lost its virtue, have you ever known it to recover it? And other than Old Testament Israel through prophetic revival, they could not come up with one. It was always gonna have to be something new. It was always good. I mean, look what we just saw during COVID. What we saw during COVID is a group of people that have some wide beliefs on things that you and I have core convictions differently on, but they were willing to pursue the truth. On the right, we're not willing to pursue the truth, No, provided it's a, it click. Gets, we, yeah, it's a click. And so we're like the it's like the left in that truth is is accepted on the basis of the outcome. If it's acceptable to me, the problem is the right determines outcomes by personal ambition and access to the system. The left determines outcome on the basis of does it affirm my agenda? And that's why we lose. That's why they're more committed to us or committed than us or convicted than us. It's never they've never outnumbered us. They have us outflanked institutionally for sure. We could overrun those institutions with sheer numbers if we actually had um, had, as you have pointed out, a movement that sounds the shofar. We don't. We don't. That movement must that must be exposed to more of our people. And that is happening Right now, right now, I mean, look at Fox News. There's one show on Fox on its on its weekday lineup. Tucker, the only one that is that is not absolutely conducting a, a, a Kevin McCarthy telethon right now. Not coincidentally, by the way, what's the number one show on Fox? Tucker, Tucker. which goes to show when when our people are, get the truth, they do respond.
1: We just need to get more of that truth out there. We need more truth it's tellers. It's obfuscation out there. and that's why you need to accentuate not obfuscate the divide. No, no, no. It, 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 let's just the minimal amount of argument. Now we unite and butt the Democrats, Biden crime family and by the way folks Take a look. I have it up at the Blaze an article critiquing Sc- Scalise's first eleven bills, and it's a perfect illustration of gotcha Democrats and but the Democrats these small ball, nuanced things rather than categorical, civilization changing things. Ending liability exemption for for um for pharma, ending the Patriot Act, you know things like that that could grab people could grab onto these nuanced things. It's all like that. It's all click. By the way, click servitism. Q. U. And CK, both. Double entendre. It's about the clicks on your, on your online stuff. It's about uh, the group think. It's about the access. And, you know, look, we're all fallen. We all forget throughout our daily lives to place God in front of us at every second. And, you know, we get too involved in this temporary world. But at least if we profess to be religious, we should recognize that, look, in the scheme of things— I got a family. I got four kids. You got your kids, they're a little older than mine. We got a life, and you know, the clock's ticking. We're gonna have an afterlife. You're gonna have to give an accounting for your deeds. That's the main world. It, it's just not worth it. So yeah, I, I barely have access to anyone. Um and in the few I did, I've blown up over the years, because each one of these fights, there's a few that drop off and get ticked off. And, you know, that's what's gonna happen this time. But what am I supposed to do? I mean, what's the purpose? There's just no purpose and I just don't get why more people can't see it. Steve, one more question. One more question. So we have out trialsandexecution.com. Steve co-authored with me The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Um, This is the blueprint for stopping COVID fascism, but it's not just COVID fascism. It's really the Fourth Reich encompasses, for example, what we're seeing with the FBI prosecutions we just announced. Um, So that is available full Opening argument for free. Make sure you download it now. Trialsandexecution.com coming out in February, just a couple weeks from today. Steve, I was on with Emerald Robinson yesterday. Um, you know, speaking of someone who actually didn't play the game, was kicked out of Newsmax, the other controlled opposition for for not getting the vaccine and speaking out against it. Um, and she, you know, we're talking about these earth shattering studies, like I could do this all day, but, you know, I got to cover other things. Every day, stuff comes out that each one alone is like, "Uh, this is going to kill people for years to come type of deal. And she asked me, do you think this will make a difference? This will finally change things? And I didn't flinch. Within a half a second, I said, absolutely not. And the reason I said that is because... You need a movement and a party, a unified movement and party, to bring something to the brink, to the forefront, to create an inflection moment. Otherwise, a couple people yelping about something that we have our nerdy circles that pass this around, and it doesn't get anywhere. Um, It doesn't get to the but Kavanaugh defense level that this stuff should have, and it was very successful when it was unified like that. Um, what are your thoughts on that and what do you hope to accomplish with this book? Well,
0: we're going to have a grand jury convened in Florida with
1: a guy that's going to
0: be running for president later this year. So I do think something will come out. Absolutely. I mean, it reminds me of when I was on the Cruz campaign. The first event we did when I joined the campaign was a rally for religious liberty. And we brought Baronel Stuntsman and Kelvin Cochran and um, Sweet Cakes by Melissa. All these stories that were beginning to happen that the press claimed we not true. We brought them all to Iowa for a massive event with the entire Washington press corps uh, to cover the event for our candidate. And they had to acknowledge now we, we used Ted's platform as a candidate to bring that issue through the Overton window. They had to acknowledge it was happening now. And I think you're going to see that with the grand jury in Florida coinciding with um, a likely DeSantis presidential campaign. But this gets to a this gets to a, a larger point of motivation. Going back to Rush, you and I would not have our jobs, our careers, our platforms, where we get compensated at all to stand up for what we believe in without his success. All of us, and I know you know this, all of us owe him an eternal debt of gratitude. The last time, really, in our lifetimes, legislatively, the Republican Party as a whole really offered a reformist alternative to the Democrat media narrative, he spawned it. He inspired it. That was the contract with America, 94. That never would have happened without him. No question about it. I think, w- though, you and I are looking at this, and I, and, and, I, and I recall early in my career when James Dobson, quote unquote, retired at Focus on the Family. He didn't retire, by the way. That was just the official story. I, I, had, I, caught, I got audio of his goodbye speech, and he said to the people there, we lost everything. We lost on every issue we ever wanted to fight on. <laughs> We lost them all. And. I don't want it. I I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I may still have to say that. I don't know if this is a Romans one kind of judgment on America. It certainly isn't undeserved. OK, and I would not question God's wrath whatsoever against what this country has done and promoted, particularly in the last few years. If anything, God has been maybe too merciful and patient with always
1: us. gives us another chance.
0: Yeah, but a- amen. But but I don't know that I'm not God. I'm not a prophet. So I, I he's not speaking. Uh, I'm not speaking for him or him through me directly in that way. And so I'm going to fight as if that's not the case. I just married off my first daughter. I've got a young my youngest daughter is going to graduate high school this year. My son just got his first job. And and I do think there is a difference when you don't have children to constantly remind you about the future, the long term future, as opposed to the next news cycle or next election cycle. And Rush, God bless him, didn't
1: No
0: as it, when you we, when you and I go home to our children, we are constantly reminded of that constantly a, I'm, lot of I'm our people, of, a lot of people we take a lot out of- a lot
1: of books from the library they're big readers and i just think like i didn't grow up with this where it was like a 50 50 proposition that a man could either be this or that or or, or 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 two mommies and this and that and like how do you i mean how does a kid go through the world like this that that's correct. what i think of correct and so
0: i'm gonna fire every bullet i have I'm going to fire everything, everything I have at the gates of hell. I'm going to fire it. I may go overboard. It may cost me relationships, may cost me relationships unnecessarily. But when it's done here, whether, whether, whether it's the sulfur rains down five minutes from now, whether Jesus returns, whether we see revival, or whether this just goes on until I'm called home, I at least want to be able at the end to look my kids in the eye and say, I gave, I, I fired everything I had with the voice God gave me, the platform that I had. I fired every gun. I didn't carry water. I didn't, I didn't negotiate for the next cycle. I did everything I could so that what you're living through right now would not occur. And I'm sorry if we failed you. And that's, that's to me, I think that's, that's a perspective. There's a lot of people in our movement that have big names and, and that, you know, either their kids are grown or they never had any kids. And, and, and you just, after a while, I think, lose that perspective of constantly being reminded of the long-term future every time you go home and see your, your image and likeness in the next generation living in your home. And I think that's maybe where guys like you and I and with Chip and the generation we represent that we are, we're still in the soup. I'll, I'll close with this. There was a fantastic poll by um, the Barnum Research Group, which is the leading Christian demographer in the country. And what they found is post is in the last few years, church attendance among millennials and among Gen Xers, that's you and me, um, although you might be an older millennial.
1: You're about 10 years younger than me. Kind of borderline, but because I hate them and all my siblings are squarely Gen X, I'm kind of an older family. So (laughs) I like to consider myself as such. But what you're seeing with
0: the poll found is Gen Xers and millennials have seen a surge in return to church attendance in the last couple Hmm. of years since since covid boomers have declined precipitously in the last few years. Now, some of that is age. Obviously, they're getting older. Some of it also is the average Fox News viewer is 72. They still think they're going to vote their way out of this. They're watching Fox News all day to say to make America great again. (laughs) Their, Their kids are gone. And I think those of us that are generations where our kids are still in our home and we're raising them, we're right in the soup, man. We know how bad it is. We know the challenges. We know we can't watch anything with our kids anymore without getting constantly threatened with 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 this demonic worldview. We can't send them to school one day, you know, without without, you know— Uh, without wondering what the hell are they talking to? Is this the day they come home and and tell me that they're a different gender? Do you know how many emails I've gotten from people who have lost their children on just gender stuff, who lost lost loved ones suddenly on this jab or or lost their, their parents' elderly parents locked away on these lockdowns in the last few years. And I think those generations that still have the future staring them in the face in their own homes recognize this is going to take something a little bit more than being the silent majority uh, simps for the Republican Party. Silent and I, think the majority. Older genera- I think the older generation. This is this. They don't get that, by and large. And they and they're married to them. And so you're you're up against two impulses. One is just good old fashioned grift and access and ambition, like I articulated. The other is generational. This this this, the Republican Party was our friend. The Republican Party was the method by which we fought back against evil and and to push back on the Republican Party to them. It it gets personal, like you're smashing their idol. And you know what? We are.
1: We are. If you have someone burning down the house with people in it, and then you have another person as the lookout in the corridor to block firefighters, well, you have to barrel through that guy before you put out the fire. I don't want to hear about but the Democrats. The Republicans are not an independent, isolated, bad but better than the, the arsonist. They are a one-two duo team that is... It, 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 it is indispensable to their operation because civilization-changing things you need bipartisan support, and that's why they preemptively fill the need for another side. Everyone knows there's two sides to a story. There's always going to need be a need for two. The goal of them is to preemptively fill it and define it, and and that's what they succeed at. You know, to, to um, close your point here, I'm looking at a picture right now of of DeSantis inaugural, and you know I know his kids. They're all very young, very young, three very young kids. He you had one in the governor's mansion, first time in many, many decades in Florida. And um, the first lady just, you know, is tweeting out some lines from his inaugural address Florida must always be a great place to raise a family. We will enact more family-friendly policies to make it easier to raise children, and we will defend our children against those who seek to rob them of their innocence. And I'm reading that, seeing their children, and then I'm looking at it side by side. Doug Burgum, he's the North Dakota governor, big partner and friend of Bill Gates. He has a 24-page document. is the transcript of a State of the State address he gave earlier this week. And it sounds like a WEF technocratic business proposal. There's nothing in there about any of this or not a single civilization issue. COVID never happened. None of this. And he mentions agenda 2030. He doesn't use the word agenda. He says we'll be carbon neutral by 2030. It's like, why the hell can't we have nice things? Why is, is it so hard to do this? It's not like we're asking a guy to come in there and abolish all welfare overnight. You know, abolish like just things that are just getting you know, very hard entrenched in it, it but I think you answered it. It's lack of family. It's the lack of perspective. It's the access. It's the industry as an end to itself. It's all these factors. and now we understand it with this race. Steve, um, how could people find out more? about subscribing to your show. What do they need to subscribe? What do they get for free? Just go get the podcast.
0: You, know, you can subscribe right now. It's a free podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Amazon, Spotify. Just look for my last name, D-E-A-C-E. Um, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to tell you this yet, so I guess I'll just tell you live on your show. Had a good call with our publisher yesterday. Um, I think there's a decent shot we're going to sell out of the hardcover edition of... Uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich pretty fast after it's released uh, in February. And it looks like we might be able to move that release date up to closer to Valentine's Day too. try to get it out as soon as we can. Uh, but that's OK. We'll we'll go right to paperback uh, because the supply chains. Let's go, Brandon. It would take eight months to replenish Jeez. another 50,000 hardcover books. So well, but the good news is we can go right to paperback if we sell out that first 50,000. And that book, uh, guys, I'm just going to tell you right now. It, it's the most important book I, I think I'll ever be a part of writing in my career, well, what's in that book. So uh, pre-orders are available right now uh, all over the place, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, and uh, But just subscribe to the podcast. Uh, just look for my last name, D-E-A-C-E.
1: All righty, but we got in the full one today. Steve, thanks so much. And folks, we're way out of time, but it was worth it. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. Micah 68. thank you for listening.